Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. I'm so excited to have a very special guest with us here today. Um, a dear, dear friend of mine who I have so much respect for, and I'm always learning from. So we would like to welcome to the podcast, Miss Bridget Reed. Welcome. Thank you ladies for having me. I'm so grateful to be here and excited to join your podcast. I was able to have Mary Catherine on mine last week. So happy to, to share and reciprocate with you all. It's so much fun. And Bridget and I have known each other for quite a while and I've actually known her husband since fourth grade, but, um, um, (laughs) I've learned, I'm Oh, and it is, it's wild, but I'm always learning from you. And we're, we're in the middle of a series right now on relationships and how that plays out with marriage and parenting and, you know, motherhood and business relationships. And so Bridget is somebody who does relationships so well, and I've seen you move and shift your own family dynamic over the past year, which has been so beautiful to witness. And also something that I'm just always just inspired by is the business relationship world. So we can talk about both today, but I thought we could start out just a little bit about telling our listeners about what you do and the nature of your business, because you do work in a family business that's very successful. And not only are they successful, they are consistently the top place to work in the entire, entire state of Kentucky. So that's impressive. <laughs> and it's a community that you all have built. So tell us a little bit about the bank, yes. Independence Bank and, and the history behind that. Yeah, sure. We, um, to, to echo what you just said, we, we had a ceremony last week and it was on the best places to work in Kentucky and we ranked second out of the state. So very proud of that accolade. It's something that we've done consistently. We've been ranked as the top, one of the top banks for the last 13 years. So it's something that we are proud of, but really that starts internally first with our, our people and the culture and really that family dynamic. You know, you mentioned that the the bank is, um, is family owned. It was started by my husband's family. His um, granddad and great great uncle um, started the bank along with his grandmother and that has, has transitioned down to um, his father um, who is chairman and CEO and now Jacob is, is serving as president. So it is very much a family affair. There is, is not a nepotism policy at the bank because we have <laughs> aunts and uncles and cousins and sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws and Mm. Um, mother and father-in-law. I mean, there's just a, a major family dynamic. And there's also other family units within the bank as well. There's a lot of husbands and spouses that both work at the bank. So um, it's a, it's really, you know, I say that and I am partial, but it really is just a good place to be. You know, when we have people that, that come to Independence Bank, they will 
you know, say that I, I don't care what position it is. I just want to get in and, and work at Independence Bank because I've seen how you treat your employees. I see what you do in the community. And I just want to be a part of that. And I think that that's something that, that we are very, I know that that's something that we're very proud of, but it feels kind of like a little club. You know, it's, it's kind of a neat niche that we've created. And we know that that is our sweet spot and, and taking care of those people that help move us forward. You know, that's really at the heart of everything. So talk to us a little bit about that, because this is such an unusual dynamic for a workspace, right? That here you've got family working together, aunts and uncles and spouses, and, you know, and, and that people are saying, hey, I want to come here and I want to work in this space and be a part of that. What did you do, like very concretely? So say you've got uh, someone out there and they have a business and, and they love the idea of it, but they haven't really seen that work. What did you do and what are, do you currently do to create that community, to create that space of being a club, you know, where, where others want to join in and the cohesiveness. So what are the really practical parts of that? Have you been able to do? What does that look like? I think I, I would attribute that back to kind of a mentality and, and a, a culture that was created of an us, not a a me against them, but it's more of an us culture and bringing people together. And it's never really been about, you know, we've expanded into 12 different counties throughout the state of Kentucky and there's each market operates independently, but it's never been an us and, and against them. It's always been a we together. And um, I think that's one thing that has really helped keep everything centered and connected because you do feel like you're a part of that unit, whether you're, working three hours away from, from the main office or, you know, in another market, everybody is, is connected. And that's something that the bank works really hard and the, and the family unit themselves, you know, the, the family itself works really hard to ensure that that's something that we keep and remember and that we, we go out and we do location visits and we bring everybody together for celebrations and there's meetings Mm -hmm. and communication is, is huge. Um, But it's, it's never just, we're going to make decisions in one area and then you all have to to abide by these and, and put these into, into practice. Um, it is really more of a collaboration effort. And I think that that's what you get with a family unit. You know, you have that collaboration, you have that, that unit itself, there's trust there, there's confidence, there's, you know, cheering people on, you know, it, it is very much a, um, a we atmosphere. And it's really cool to witness. I know, uh, I guess it's probably, you could probably tell me it's probably been 10 years ago when you all opened the bank over about 30 miles away and you had a big concert, but everyone from here, that's a member of the bank was also invited. I mean, you all really do have the independence bank community and like, I want to work at independence bank. I want a job. Are you hiring? Because everybody just (laughs) loves to work there, you know, and that's so unique and it's so attractive because you bring your people in. It's like, bring Mm -hmm. them in. Right. And you, you yourself, but as well as the, the bank, y'all love on people so well. When you come in there, you feel, I mean, we switched everything over to you all because of the atmosphere. You know, we, I had been in Lexington, you know, y'all didn't have, y'all weren't in that market at that time and was not a member of your old bank, but through my love for you all and seeing what you do, I wanted to be part of that. So that community aspect is something you all have excelled at. Mm. It just thrived in. And I think it's so attractive and how have you been able to build that community? Is it, is it having fun and not just work all the time? Is it the, you know, y'all are so good at having events and you hear everybody talk about the Christmas party and everybody talks about these things. What do you think it is that has really built the community so strong? I think a lot of that, you know, you touched on, you know, the, the fun and, and at 
we spend the majority of our time at work. And if you're not having fun at work and doing what you, what you love to do and making it fun, then you're going to be miserable. So the big part of the day is, is making sure that we're, we're incorporating fun, that we are loving on our people. And this goes for not only just our employees. I know we talk about employees a lot, um, but we also talk about our communities that we serve. You know, it's about bringing our customers in. It's about bringing our employees in. You know, we want everybody to be a part of this experience. And, and when Independence Bank does something, it is more about an experience. You know, if it's a concert or if it's a Christmas party or if it's a, a, a event out in the community, you know, if we're just um, showing up and, and writing a check, then we're not really making an impact. But for Independence Bank, the impact is really made when we get involved and create that experience. Um, so that involvement really goes to show that, you know, it is, we're committed and we're invested. You know, we, if we're donating to your um, T-ball team or if we're donating to your, your sponsorship event that you have or a dinner that you're sponsoring, you know, we're gonna show up and we're gonna be present because again, it's all about that sense of community and bringing people in. Um, it is not about, I'm gonna hand this over and, and you go take it and run with it. You know, here's a check. Um, good luck with your next next fundraiser. It is about how can we help? And that's really, it goes back to family. All of it goes back to family because that's what family does. You pitch in, you link arms and you, and you help those around you. Well, and that being the case, can we pivot just a little bit? And when you're, when you're in the workspace or in same goes for family, sometimes you have to have challenging conversations, right? That's kind of part of life and relationships. What does that look like for you? How do you have the hard conversations? So, you know, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your work environment, which you've created a family aspect to that, can you give our listeners some very concrete, do you have a system for that? Is there just a way that you, are there things you keep in mind when you're having the conversation? What, what does that look like for you? Yeah. One, one thing that, you know, my husband is my boss at work. I say he's the boss at work and I'm the boss at home. Um, but it is sometimes it's difficult because, and I'll use he and I as an example. Um, you know, there may be something that he's trying to teach me, or there may be a direction that, that we're going that maybe I don't understand, or maybe I have a different opinion. You know, everyone is very open to communication in general, and you have to be open-minded to hear mm. from someone else's perspective, because if you're only looking at it from your point of view, then you're not going to get people to come along with you on this journey. You're not going to have that sense of community and togetherness because you're so closed off to it's, it's my way or, or no way. Um, so they're great about, you know, and I'll, I'll brag on my husband for a little bit. He is great about just listening to me. And, and there's a lot of conversations where, you know, we have to try and separate sometimes work from personal things. And um, he is good about really listening. And that's, that's one thing that we really try and practice at Independence Bank is just to listen, you know, whether there's an issue in your department, whether there's an issue with a customer, put it, put yourself in their situation and listen from their perspective and try and listen to understand. Mm -hmm. um, communication is, is key. You know, if you're not having communication, whether that's information that's coming down from top to bottom, you know, out into um, to the field so that our employees on the front line can take that and, and put that into, into practice. You know, we have to have communication. Are there hard conversations? Yes. Um, I think some of the biggest, hardest conversations that I have had have really, it probably has been with family because, you know, you, it is personal. You know, it is a, a personal relationship that we have. And there may be days when you think, I don't agree with this, but at the end of the day, I always respect you. Um, and I'm always open to say, you know, I, I may feel differently. 
Um, and, and they're always encouraging, encouraging about letting others, you know, share those opinions. And if you have a better way of doing something, you know, we don't know everything. You know, our philosophy is really when we go into a new market to pick the, the best and brightest bankers that are really out there killing it and bring them along with us because we want them to teach us something because we know we always have room for growth. There's always an opportunity to learn. Um, so it's, it is really a unique dynamic. And, um, the other side of that though, is it's, it's really fun. You know, I get to see my husband works just down the hall. I've got my sister-in-law that works with me, my mother and father-in-law. And, um, like I said, aunts and uncles and cousins, (laughs) and you get to see family all day. So where you may not get to see them, you know, we get to go to lunch together. We get to pop in and say hi. So it's, it's just really, there's, there's good and bad, but definitely the good outweighs the bad for sure. It's so good. Now, now let me ask you this because you're together all the time, which I would love that a lot of people wouldn't love it, but you know, I just enjoy my husband. I would love being able to see him all the time, but how do you make sure that you're not just banking all the time? And how do you have that separation of not just working 24 seven? Yeah. And that is, that is hard. That's something that Jacob and I had to learn to navigate. And we, we took some great advice from his parents because they too also work together. Um, But we had to just have a cutoff time and just say after six o'clock, we're not going to talk about work. You know, we're not going to talk about work at the dinner table. You know, we set very specific boundaries of when we were having family time, when we were together, when it was at the dinner table, whether it was at, um, you know, putting the girls to bed, it was, it was off, you know, because then you don't have really, your brain doesn't shut off and you're constantly thinking about work. And so really it goes back to setting some firm boundaries and knowing that work will be here tomorrow, unless there's a critical crisis that sometimes we do have to hop in and we've got to say, okay, we've got to work, talk through this and we've got to navigate this together and then let's put it to bed. But there's a lot of times when we just have to say, okay, it's six o'clock we're done. And do you feel like you stick off. to it or are you like, ah, 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 I'm doing it again. Yeah, I, I will say for the most part, Jacob is really good at sticking to it. He'll just say, I can't, I can't anymore. I'm done uh, because he knows he's got to turn that off too. Um, and it is hard when, when you're together, you know, and you, even if it's something, if it's a, a Christmas party, we're planning a new market, you know, you get excited about things and it's not, it's not problems. It's just conversation in general about things happening throughout the day. And, you know, for our relationship in order to stay healthy and for us to focus on each other, you do have to have that separation. Um, otherwise it all runs together because you're always together. You're at work, you're at home, you know, you're with your kids. So you've got to learn to kind of shut that off and create space, um, Mm. for everything else. That was one thing I, um, so I have a band of women's ministry called his own and the three of us girls, we all lived together. We traveled together. We worked together (laughs) and everything was 24 seven, but we, we realized also that like you had to have those times where it's like, guys, we're not talking anything about our ministry, nothing about me, like nothing. This is just, here's our cutoff time. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny how important setting those boundaries are (laughs) in order to thrive in each of those spaces of the work part and the personal life and all of that. What about, you know, when you guys first started this and did you decide ahead of time, okay, this is the culture we want to create. Did you have kind of a vision for, do you have a set of values that everyone knows? Hey, if you come in to work with us and this, this is who we are, this is the values we operate from. How did, how did you start that? And then how do you continue that same atmosphere? Yeah, that actually started um, with, with Jacob's family. And then it's, it's just been passed on from generation to generation. Um, one of the things that they've set out to, to do is that, you know, it's really not about 
the bottom line. You know, at Independence Bank, we don't have a sales culture. We don't have, we have goals, obviously, you know, we have accomplishments and things that we want to achieve. Um, but it's never been about the bottom line. It's never been about, you need to make this many number of loans. We need to open this number of checking accounts. We need to have this much growth. And by the end of the year, we do have goals, but it's never been about, you know, the pressure of, of a sales driven um, atmosphere. And I think when you focus on the people and the process and the experience, the bottom line takes care of itself. So that's something that's just been passed down from, you know, his, his granddad to his, his father and something that, you know, those in, in the field today are really just embracing because it, it is a, it's more of a relaxed environment. And then you just allow that um, the natural benefit just kind of happen organically. You know, it's, you're seeing that growth, you're seeing, you know, the wins, you're meeting those goals because you've got the people who don't feel the stress and pressure of trying to perform and they just come to work and they have a good time. They enjoy themselves. They love the people that are around them. And, and it's very, it's clear, you know, if you don't enjoy what you do and if you're there and it's not the right atmosphere for you, then people do leave. And, and we respect that because this environment isn't for everybody, but we know what that niche is. And we know that this mm -hmm. is what we want to, this is our, our moral compass and where we want to go. Then that's what we're sticking to. So it, it is, it, it definitely goes back to his family and it's just been passed on down from generation to generation. We can just stop here because drop the mic, people take care of your people, your people take care of you. That's what life's about. I mean, it is. And you really, it really is. There's just so much respect to have for y'all because it's so countercultural because every business seems to be bottom line. Are we hitting our numbers? Are we doing this? And it, it is it is so true. If you just live how God told us to live, to love on people and take care of people, the rest will take care of itself. And it's really unique. You just don't see that. And you all, they really do this so well. I mean, you come to one's world where, oh, where's the, that's the bank. There, there's the 50,000 banks, but what's the, oh no, it's the bank. Everybody yeah. knows. I mean, besides the fact that it's beautiful and looks like a castle, <laughs> uh, I mean, not a castle. What did my girls, they always say, is that Disney world when they're Disney. little? Is that Disney world? <laughs> is that Belle's castle? That's hilarious. It's so beautiful yeah, we, with the clock on the outside. It's, yeah. It is. It's a replica of Independence Hall. You know, in each of our markets, we, there's several, we have a signature building and the signature building is, and it actually started with little family history here. So um, Jacob and his parents, along with his sister, Lauren went to Philadelphia and about this time, it was about 1996. And they were, um, the two banks that his, um, grandfather and un great uncle had started had merged and had become one bank. And, um, they were trying to figure out a name, trying to figure out what to call it, um, to really kind of get that feel for what it would be like. And they were on a, a family vacation to Philadelphia and Lauren looked over at Independence Hall and said, what bank is that? Because she had been so conditioned to look at all these banks and she was like, well, what bank is that? And so the rest is history. She, she dubbed the name Independence Bank. And, um, there's another funny story. One of the good friend here in the community, she and her family actually went on a family vacation and, when they got there, her daughter said, who was, I think about maybe nine or 10 at the time, said, I didn't know they had an independence bank in Philadelphia. It's <laughs> <So laughs> great. The, the real independence hall she thought was independence bank. So we have branded well, but um, you know, we, we do have some, some struggles when we go into new markets, you know, here, obviously in Owensboro and some of our, our more established markets where we first entered, there is that brain and reputation of who we are. People know this is the kind of experience I'm going to have here. You know, this is the type of relationship that I'm going to be able to build. And um, 
when we go into a new market, we're unknown. You know, we're kind of like the new kids on the block. You know, nobody really knows anything about Independence Bank. But once they start to get to know who we are, they see our involvement in the community. They see the people that we're bringing along with us. Then they start to think, okay, I'm going to get curious about this bank and come over and check it out. And a lot of times, if we can just get them to step foot in our doors or experience us in some capacity, then the rest is history. That's amazing. It really is. And it's, it's, it's a different experience because, you know, I've had experiences with other banks and whenever I've had something and I call, they, they call you back and they're, they're so friendly. It's just this, mm. it's like when you go to Chick-fil-A, they're just, I was, I was just you know? thinking that I was, My thinking pleasure. How, yeah, I was thinking how, you know, there's some of those places such as Chick-fil-A that, you know, every one of those people are trained and they know this is what we say. This is what we do. This is how we speak life into the situation. It sounds like you guys have created that similar like expectation and, um, and just work environment where it it is, it's a space of, it sounds like just bringing people in where they want to keep coming back because the Mm -hmm. way that you guys treat them. And then also that your workers love working there. That's incredible too. Cause how many people do we know that are working in spaces where they hate it? Yeah, it really is. You know, something that I've really, that comes out of this conversation to me of what helps a business thrive is taking that pressure off and just loving on people, but it's the spirit of humility and being open to the fact that what if I could be wrong about that? What if somebody could have a better idea and having that open communication and humility is just so attractive. And it's how do you keep people that are so successful and at the top humble and always learning and growing. How do you do that? Cause I'm sure that they think, well, I know more than this new person. How do you keep them open and humble? You know, it's a, it's a, it's a process, you know, and it's one that I think for some it's a personal journey, but you know, you will see members of our team at any different level that are present, you know, no one is really too good. And I'll use an example of um, Jacob's dad, Chris, and we, I'm going to back up just a little bit. We had our employees and you, know, you talked about, you know, um, ownership comes to mind with what you were just saying, Maria, and our employees are the second largest shareholder in our company. And I think that that is a, mm-hmm. a true investment. You know, mm-hmm. they have a voice. We have, um, you know, knowing that what I'm doing and this, the success of this business is, is also my success. Um, that makes a huge difference, but you know, our, our employees also wrote our customer service standards. You all were talking about Chick-fil-A and why they do it differently. And it wasn't something that, that management said, I expect you to talk this way to a customer. I expect you to act this way in an interaction. You know, our employees wrote these standards and said, this is how we want Independence Bank to treat its customers. And it wasn't something that we're saying, you have to do this, you have to do that. You have to say, my pleasure. You know, it it was, we want, we expect a certain type of experience, but our employees got together from all of our markets and wrote these standards. And then that's trained and implemented when everybody comes on board as a new hire. And then it's practiced each and every day. Um, but this sense of ownership, you know, really goes back to our, our CEO and, mm-hmm. and part of one of these standards was, um, you know, pick up trash every time you see it. And he, he loves Disney, uh, my father-in-law, and he always tells a story about Walt Disney, you know, on opening day of uh, the park. And um, there was a piece of trash that one of, they were standing in line getting ready to to do one of their big ceremonies. And there was a piece of trash that one of the, maybe it was Walt Disney or maybe it was um, someone, you know, as high up as him. And they actually went over and were going to reach for this piece of trash. And they said, no, 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 don't grab that. You know, that's beneath you. You don't need to, you don't need to pick that up. We have people for that. And his response was, no, this is, is my part too. You know, we all should see this as our own, our own. 
And, you know, you'll see our CEO and there's many people that have said, why is Chris Reed out there picking up trash in the mm-hmm. parking lot? And, you know, he does that to set an example and he does that to show humility to say nothing is beneath me. And, you know, I'm as equal as, as everyone else, you know, we're all equals in this organization. And that's something that, that he has really practiced and shown by example. And I think the, the biggest way to teach that humility is just from example, you know, and you'll see the family out there, you'll see management, you'll see people at any level in their, in their career, being humble and practicing that, that sense of humility, whether it's picking up trash, whether it's holding a door for someone, whether it's staying late and sweeping up an event or putting up chairs, you know, it's, it is not um, dictated by your title, what you do. It is everyone's responsibility. And I think that goes back to that ownership. You know, this is, this is our place and we want you to feel welcome when you're here. You know, this is just like coming into our house. You know, when we mm-hmm. have guests over, we want you to feel as welcome as if we were hosting you. So it's seen more from that perspective than, mm-hmm. and that too goes back to the bottom line. You know, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. It's not about numbers and, and, and sales. And, and better than or higher than. Talk to you. So I know that Jacob meets with every new employee. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's so special that here the president is taking time, you know, to meet with what, what, what is it? What do those meetings look like? Yeah. And it's, it's really just a conversation. You know, it's more about, you know, building that relationship and getting to know, you know, there's a lot of funny stories about things that our kids are doing or things that are are happening at the bank, you know, he tries to really be relatable, but every new hire comes through what we call first class. And it's a week long orientation. We'll sit down first with Jacob and then they kind of get the the history and the, the culture of the bank from him. You know, they'll hear it used to be Chris. Now Jacob um, will, will perform that. And they really get a feel for who Independence Bank is, who the family is. And then we really try and interact. You know, there's, there's tower lunches where we'll have lunch up in the top of the tower with the employees. Um, then they'll meet with different members of the, um, the team, you know, different areas of department heads, and they kind of get a feel for what they do. Tell me a little bit about marketing. Tell me a little bit about lending. Tell me about investments. So they're getting, you know, an introduction to the bank from those department heads. And then they'll have that personal, you know, one-on-one time with Jacob to really sit down and say, okay, Maria, tell me about your family. What do you like to do for fun? You know, it's not the, what do you do at your job? What is your background and your skills? It's tell me about you. And that's, that's what makes it so personal about building that relationship. Because when I see Maria in the hall, I want to say, Hey, tell me about your move or tell me how much you're running these days. You know, I want to know something about you specifically so that when we see you, I can connect on a deeper level. That's amazing because it just shows again how that personal touch and MK and I were talking about this, uh, I think it was on our first one in relationships is how much like seeing the person, you know, to actually Mm -hmm. to have good relationships, it's recognizing the person in order to love them well, you've got to get to know some aspect, you know, them to be able to go deeper with that. And so I love that in even in a work environment where a lot of times people try to separate okay, well, work, so we're just staying surface. We're not going anywhere, but you guys actually engage the heart. You're engaging the whole person Mm -hmm. and loving them well. So they want to keep coming back and it brings everybody in. That's so true. And it's, it's that old adage that nobody cares until they know you care and you all just do that so well. So we, we can, um, wrap up here with, you know, talking about business, but I did want to pivot here just for one minute and just have you just talk about how you have been able to, you all are hearing such goodness from Bridget at work, but she's 
not only the queen bee at work, but just unbelievable in your home and important into your family. And just the example you are to your girls. She started her own podcast bloom for her girls. They've they're just living this life by design. That's just unbelievable. And how you've been able to really show them that relationship and is what is really at the heart of everything. So talk to us just a little bit about those changes that you've made over the past year and how that's been so fruitful in your family. Cause it's just been such an inspiration to witness. Sure. Um, it has been a lot of change, but, um, it's been the best change of my life. You know, a lot of people will go through, I turned 40 last year and and Jacob was like, are you going through a midlife crisis? (laughs) And I said, I'm not, I think this is the best thing that's happened for me, but there, there was definitely a lot of change. And what I was finding was that, um, as, as Jacob and I were, were working hard and we were just getting started, you know, we placed a lot of emphasis on our work. And what I realized was that I needed to, to really put that in the back seat and my family needed to take a front seat. And I was constantly, I was one of those, and this is totally me personally. I was one of those that had to felt like I needed to perform. I felt like, um, with me being a read and, and at the bank, I needed to work harder because I wanted people to see me do more and to, to know that she deserves the spot that she's in. She deserves the right to be here. And in doing that, I kind of lost sight of my why and what was most important to me, which is obviously my family and my faith. And, um, so we made a move last year. We, we moved from being right in the middle of town to being out in the country. And we have spent more time together as a family. And it's really kind of like our own little, um, it's kind of like our own little compound out here. There's, there's no other neighbors around. I mean, there are neighbors around, but not, not like it used to be. And, you know, when we come home, it's just our family. When we, um, go out to do something, we do things together as a family, you know, Jacob and I are making time to, to walk around the lake with the dogs every single night. And that's kind of become a tradition that we've, we started doing and, you know, spending time with my girls and getting them outside with the gardens or the chickens, you know, it's, it's really been a, a neat thing to see unfold. And I've kind of, if I were to look at it in like a time-lapse video, I mean, I guess that's the best way I could describe it. It's really just all these little snapshots of, of memories and moments that are, are put together. And I know that God has a, has his hand all over this because he knew that exactly at that right time, we needed this for our family because the stress from work and coming home to that, and then coming home to, and I know I don't have six kids, Mary Catherine, but I have four. You got <laughs> four. That's right. In general, it, it does take a toll and they, they want your time. They want your attention and, and you're exhausted. And I knew that I needed to shift some things in my life so that I could pour into them the way that they needed to. And I had an example yesterday of, of something that, you know, I've, I realized that I've got to spend more time working with my daughters on, on one thing. And I know that this still needs work and it still needs refinement. And Jacob and I were saying, well, this is, this is because this is what they learned from someone else. And I said, no, this is, this falls back on us, whether they've been exposed to this from a friend, whether they've been exposed to this at school, this is something that that we can take action for. We can take responsibility. So knowing that I recognize those things a little bit more easier now, because I am trying to just be here now, you know, that's really been what Bloom has, has been all about is just being in the moment and realizing that there is so much in this moment that I can experience. I don't have to seek anything outside of that. So it's been a really great journey for me over the past year and a half. So I'm just going to keep been, on going. I'm not going to, not going to slow down. <laughs> just keep going. And it's, it's Love really it. been such a joy and an inspiration to watch. And how would you tell our listeners this week to water their grass? It's one question we all ask our people. I know that's so fun. <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I would, I would say to look for the beauty around you. And, and I know I just kind of touched on this, but I think to be here in the now and to be present and mindful of um, what, what's around you, you know, Jacob and I could take a walk around the lake and it seems like every time that we take a walk, I see something different. And even though it's the same monotonous task, it's something, it's something different um, in looking for those things and not getting so caught up in just the um, conditioning of doing things over and over and over again, whether that's in your, um, your devotional, your time with God, your prayer, your morning um, throughout your day, you know, what can you do to be here now and really just find a way to love on those around you, even at work, um, at home, um, you know, I think that that's, for me, that's, that's one way that I can water my grass. I know that's something that everybody else could benefit from as well. It's just to be present and be here now. Love it. Well, Bridget, we just appreciate you so much. We appreciate just, there were so many gems in this. <laughs> and tell us how our listeners can find your podcast. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, the podcast is called Bloom with Bridget and, um, and it's so can- dang good. <laughs> and MK was just on it recently too. So, so awesome. today, yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at live your life in bloom. So you can hop on either one and check her out. Ladies, you will be blessed. So we just thank you for being here with us. It's been a joy and we can't wait to dive more into relationships. There's so much we could talk to Bridget about and have so much love and respect for her that she could talk about a vast array of subjects, but you do relationships <laughs> so well. And so we're just thank you. grateful for you to do that, whether it's business, family, friendship, all the things. I just have so much respect for how you love on people so well. So thanks for being here. Mm-hmm. Thank and you we'll, all for having me. It's been a joy. So yeah. we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Sounds have great. a great day. Thank you. Thank you.